time to get inspired and improve your yoga knowledge in English. You're listening to Your Yoga in English, a podcast for yogis and yoga teachers that speak English as their second or third language and want to practice or teach yoga worldwide. I'm Annie, the founder of Enga Unite, and here to guide you on the way to become the confident and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. So this week we're speaking about self-care, and especially self-care for your self-esteem. This theme spoke to me because for years and years and years I've been working on self-development and my self-image, um, and I was reading a book. And in the book, it became suddenly very clear to me that I've been doing it wrong for a long time. <laughs> and the thing that I discovered was that we don't need to work on our lack of confidence or our self-image, but it's self-compassion. And to practice self-compassion, one of the things that I think are very necessary is meditation or mindfulness. And that's why I asked Flo to join us. Flo is an expert when it comes to meditation. She's a yoga teacher. Yeah, let's speak to her and find out what we need to do to boost our self-esteem for real. So Flo, can you introduce yourself a little bit? So, well, I'm Flo, as she said, and I'm from Seville. Um, I left my hometown almost 10 years ago when I decided to, to move to Scotland to learn English. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that decision, it took me, yeah, <laughs> to be the, after 10 years, uh, I'm back now. No? And, mm -hmm. well, it's been quite a journey and I learned English, but I think I have learned other things that are more important, and now we can have this chat no? about them. Uh-huh, amazing. And you said you left your hometown. Where do you live, or where are you from? Uh, yeah, I'm from, well, my family is from Seville, from the city, but uh, mm -hmm. I grew up in a village very close to Seville, like 10 mm -hmm. kilometers away. Mm -hmm. And for the people that don't know where Seville is, it's in Spain, in Europe. Um, so how we, we know that you do yoga and you're into meditation, you learned English on the way, which is really important for us. We want to know all about that. But first things first, how did you get into yoga? Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I mean, I never did any physical, because you know, yoga is not only a sport, but I, I've never been a sport person at all. Mm -hmm. So I was living in Scotland and my friend uh, just told me like she was going to a yoga class and at that time I was in her house. So I was like, okay, yeah, I will go with you just to check out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's how it came to my life. And I remember I couldn't do half of the poses and for me like breathing and moving at the same time it was just impossible but mm -hmm. at the end of the class I just felt amazing and I think that's why I came back and I and I'm still no Exactly. So it's the feeling that gave you after the class that made you want to come back. Now, one important thing, and I think it's very interesting for people that are watching this or will be listening to this later, um, you moved to Scotland to practice your English or improve your English. 
and you went to your first yoga class in English as well. How was that? Yes. <laughs> well, I couldn't understand half of the things either. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was constantly just checking the, the teacher and see, yeah, like checking what she was doing. So I, I just do the same things because, you know, I didn't have that vocabulary. Uh -huh. And it's crazy because most of the yoga that I have learned in terms of asanas, uh, I have learned in English. So sometimes mm -hmm. when I teach in Spanish, it doesn't make sense. It sounds weird because I'm trying to translate from English, but definitely to know English to learn yoga, I, I, I think it's quite important nowadays. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Why do you think it's important? Because, for example, if, if you want to learn from, from someone who is from India, they, they teach you in English. All the books are, well, they are written in, in Sanskrit, but then they translate to English. Mm -hmm. So I think you have access to more information when you absolutely you have you're opening a window, so it's mm -hmm. more for you waiting there. No? Exactly, you will get more information. There's more things and more people that you can practice with, and you can also teach maybe internationally or abroad. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So yes, that's about the English and yoga. Then, obviously, when you practice yoga, you went there more because your friends invited you. You thought that's nice to try. Afterwards, you felt amazing. What made you think or what made you decide to become a yoga teacher? Um, I have to say that then I, I moved uh, to Costa Rica and where I was living I, I didn't have access to yoga teachers mm -hmm. so I was practicing on my own and you know most of the time I was doing I didn't know what I was doing so <laughs> I decided to <laughs> yeah I decided to do my <laughs> to do my TTC um not to teach actually at the beginning I decided to do it just to know what am I doing and to mm -hmm. to design a sequence for myself to to know more about philosophy um, and history and yeah I, I wanted to know more because I was I was feeling amazing no? I was like what is this I, I need to know and that's when I decided to move to India and and learn there and I was teaching in India for a little bit, but then I quit and I haven't taught in like four years. It was this early this year when I decided to become a yoga teacher, actually. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. <laughs> because when I met you, you weren't teaching. I didn't even yeah. know that you were into yoga until much afterwards. We never even spoke about it. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. Yeah. Like, love it. <laughs> It's amazing. So this self-study actually came naturally. You've always been interested in developing yourself and actually knowing what you are doing, which also is an important aspect of yoga, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's why I also like it, yoga, because I use it as a tool, no? And exactly. what, you, what you were saying before, like you, you didn't know 
um, that I was a yoga teacher. And this, now I can see that this has a lot to do with self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's because I thought I couldn't teach. I thought, no, I, I cannot be a teacher. How am I going to be a teacher? Like, I'm not ready. So mm-hmm. I was thinking for years and years and years that I couldn't teach. And it's crazy, no? <laughs> no, it's not crazy. I think it's normal. Um, I shared this experience. I had this, I had exact the same feeling when I finished my teacher training. I actually quit as well. I quit yoga completely. I didn't even practice for about half a year. And then I didn't want to teach, but I started practicing again. And suddenly I just had the feeling, you know what? I do love it. I want to get on with it. And I tried again. But what was it for you that finally made you see that you were able to teach? Um, so, you know, I, I've, I've been practicing all these years, but mm-hmm. kind of in a private way, you know? The, mm-hmm. I think it's also have to do with the way I was taught in India. For them, practicing is something that is... It's like a ritual, it's your prayer. It's something very private. It's not something that you share or post on, on, on Instagram. So for me, what they taught me is like, okay, you need to keep this for you because it's something that you do for you. And this is right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I also believe that if you share it, you can inspire others and you can help other people. So early this year, I was living in Sri Lanka and one of my friends, she's, she's, she was teaching there and she couldn't go to, to her class. And she knew I got my TTC, so she, she said to me, Flo, I need someone to cover me, so please go teach. And I was like, what? I was so nervous. I was like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, try. And I remember I was checking like my voice, like I couldn't proper teach, like I wasn't happy at the end of that class, but that feeling, um, it was what made me think, okay, I want to teach. Cause I, you know, I, I really want to do this. I, and it, it was like that. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling of maybe satisfaction or fascination because it's really interesting when you teach and people just follow the instructions and they get it. It's amazing the feeling they get afterwards. Was it more like that? Yeah, it's like, man, I have something that I know. Of course, mm-hmm. I know an expert and that's an, an idea that I have to, to like... Um, overcome no that i don't need to be a yoga expert to teach it's about sharing your experience mm-hmm. and if you have something within you that is gonna make um, others life better if you mm-hmm. don't share that actually you're doing something wrong because <laughs> you know you can help other people and you're keeping that for you exactly and when I saw the people leaving the class and they felt amazing and they say to you, thank you, Flo, like you make me feel so good and you give me the key and, and now I can practice on my own with these mm-hmm. tips that you gave me, you feel amazing, you know, you're helping people. Absolutely. I completely agree. And often the best teachers are not the best practitioners or the most knowledgeable because it's more of a way that you can transmit that information and inspire people. A way to explain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So <clears throat> then another thing that really fascinates me or inspires me about you is that you're really into meditation. And I think, like I said at the start of this chat, <clears throat> to work on your self-esteem, we need to work on self-compassion first. Because a lot of the time, and I think it's a hype right now that people practice self-care and self-love and self-whatever, um, but actually these things, they, they put a lot of pressure on you and they set really high expectations and they think I need to do self-love and self-care because it will make me feel better. But really what you do with that is that you need constant affirmation or attention from other people because you need this reassurance. So now that I'm really into this theme and I'm reading into it more, I find it really fascinating. And I discovered that it's more self-compassion we need to focus on. And focus on this theme is all about meditation, I think, or not even meditation, mindfulness practices. What's your opinion on this? Well, it's um, quite interesting that you just said that about how we we need sometimes when we practice a lot of the, a lot the self love the self care we need people mm -hmm. to tell us oh you're doing good you're doing right no and well meditation is a quite wide theme but talking about this it teaches you a lot about how to be it's not to become happy okay it's just to be in a state of peace and mm -hmm. how that state of peace is only your responsible it's mm -hmm. no one else so you don't need other people to tell you anything or you don't need anyone from the outside world or anything material from the outside mm -hmm. to make you feel good it's mm -hmm. only yourself who has to do this for yourself so it has to do a lot with self-esteem too because um when we meditate what we are actually doing is not some people think we are just we stay there <laughs> 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 <I'm just here. laughs> but actually we we have homeworks to do like you are doing a lot of things and the most important thing that you are doing is that you are observing Mm -hmm. and you are not judging you're just observing observing sensations observing your feelings your thoughts your purpose is to not get involved you just observe from the outside and you accept them as they mm -hmm. are not as you want them to be like things are like this it's not something that you are dreaming or you want this to be bigger no this is like this and it's like this mm -hmm. and when you work in acceptance then you accept yourself yeah and you understand that you are perfect the way you are and you are the only person in the whole world who can make you happy and who is going to be with you your entire life exactly Exactly. This is what I believe as well to, when you practice self-compassion. These things are so closely aligned. They have so much in common. And I would say they are actually um, inevitable not to practice together. If you want to work on your self-compassion for your self-esteem, you need to practice meditation or mindfulness. And like you said, it just allows you and it shows you to accept yourself as you are. 
doesn't matter if you're blonde or brunette or if you're sturdy or chubby or if you're really slim because all these things also are physical things that we are not happy about it's all about and it's such a cliche but it's really true it's what about what's in the inside um and just being able to accept yourself so how does meditation help you to do this because like you said you are sitting and we are observing things but what actually happens in the body or maybe your brain when we do this so what, what i actually do is what you're asking or in a okay so give us an example for people that have not, never practiced meditation oh. or mindfulness before maybe that's an idea to show them how it works i mean there are different stages mm -hmm. but if i have to summarize and to understand no um there are also different terms that we need to reassure that we understand because we can fall into too much ego or we can fall mm -hmm. into thinking that people that they don't meditate or oh, they don't know it's not about that at all so when we sit we first of all we connect with our breath our breath is the tool mm -hmm. that brings us to the present moment and mm -hmm. um, also it's not about if, if a thought comes to you don't feel bad i mean this is normal you don't mm -hmm. have to be like, oh, I'm not meditating. This meditation is no good. My brain is going everywhere. No, 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 no. So you accept it like, okay, today I'm agitated. I'm not focusing because mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm feeling very nervous. So what you do is you observe that nervousness and you observe how your, your, your heart is beating, like how you, is your breath. Maybe your breath is quite shallow, or maybe it's becoming deeper. So it's a, um, it's a tool for introspection, but also when you understand your body and you don't judge yourself, you, mm -hmm. you love yourself as, as you are, and you understand that today maybe um, the meditation is not going to be very deep, but that's your meditation. So it's this is what you do, no? you observe how your sensations, your thoughts, your emotions, and for me the most important is that you don't judge. It's not mm -hmm. good or bad. Because mm -hmm. in life, good things and bad things are going to happen. And if you keep saying this is bad, this is good, this is bad, this is good, then you're mm -hmm. going to suffer because you get attached to them. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with sensations. Understand them, that they come and they live. Exactly. I often like to use the metaphor as I'm like I'm just seeing these things blowing in the wind away by <laughs> by thoughts, by feelings. Um, I think also when we say to judge, there's no good and no bad. Even a feeling of like I could do better, or maybe it's better if I do this. These are also thoughts of judgment. Um, this is maybe a conversation for another day because this we can go on for ages. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah. for the people who know, there is a challenge coming up and we will speak about these things as well. So I think it's important to know and understand your thoughts, if they are negative, positive, what the effect they have um, on your being. And with your being, I mean the way that you think, the way that you walk even, the way that you present yourself to yourself and to others. No, and it's crazy what you're saying because actually um, I'm very, you know, I'm very into nutrition and I, I really like to see what do I eat and control all of that. But honestly, nowadays I'm, I'm starting to think that our health, the most important thing is our emotions. It's crazy. It's not even the food that you have. Like nowadays in neuroscience, they, they are finding out that our emotions can, can change our brain and can, can make a, um, our organs, not only our face, but can make our body look older. And that's why mm. stress is the, the, the thing that is killing more people in the world nowadays. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point. I think that's also a thing that we're experiencing now during these times of COVID. Like the feelings that we have have a massive impact on our mental health. And like you said, our mental health and our emotions are more damaging than the food you eat. I know some people, okay? Um, some of them, they are close to me. Other people, they are not close to me. They are just people that I, I know, you know, from my hometown. But I've seen this. I've seen people mm -hmm. that they have drink plenty of alcohol, smoke a lot of cigarettes <laughs> and they have a not really healthy food and they are nowadays there is a man in my hometown that he's 90 years old and the doctor said to him 10 years ago oh you have a cancer you're going to die he's still alive <laughs> and i see him like he's happy he's smiling he's spreading love and joy and you can see like ah. and, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. i see people that you know, they take care a lot of themselves and they are kind of obsessed with the food and the sport. But man, they are sad, they are depressed and you see their faces, they are not happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good point. I think when practicing any of these things, whether it's yoga, meditation, maybe Ayurveda to stick to a healthy uh, diet and lifestyle, whenever these things become an obsession, it's also an illness. It's something that you pressure yourself to do. If I haven't done my yoga by 9 a.m., I'm not gonna have a really bad day, blah, blah, blah. You're already poisoning your mind with all these negative thoughts that have a bad effect on you anyway. So yes, be careful for this not to turn into an obsession. <laughs> all right, let's go back to, <laughs> to the topic of the because but this is a really <laughs> interesting thing. We can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, do you have practiced all these things for a while now? And I would like to know the positive effects it has on you and your life. Oof, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it now. Um, and actually, I would say that I've been, you know, I've been practicing yoga for a lot of years, and and I thought I was I was meditating, and well, maybe I was, but if you meditate. But then when you go to the real world and you interact with others, you don't apply that meditation, it doesn't work like that. So mm -hmm. I 
now I can see I was doing that. I was meditating and blah, 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 blah. But then I, I didn't, I didn't change. I, mm-hmm. and when I'm talking about changing, it's talking about, um, there are things, you know, we all have things, a dark side <laughs> that mm-hmm. we know, uh, sometimes it cannot be good for the people who are around us. And we need to work on that. You know, we, need, we don't need to be hard on us or push ourselves. But it's something that, you know, meditation is about acting from love. And not most of the time we are acting from love. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I started to meditate properly and understanding all these terms that I was telling, you know, and well, you told me also, no, compassion, love, understanding the impermanence of absolutely everything. We are mm-hmm. going to die. Everything is going to die. <laughs> and it's, it's nothing to be sad at it. It's life. It's beautiful. It's transformation. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. When we understand all of this, and we learn this not because someone is telling me this, not because I'm telling this now. We learn mm-hmm. this because we sit and we meditate and mm-hmm. we observe all these things. Mm-hmm. Then when you interact to others, you do it from a healthy perspective. And I can see that in myself now. Of course, I have a lot to a lot of things to change and to work on. Mm-hmm. But I can see now that I I don't mind where I am or with whom or if I can have my meditation and that's everything for me now. Like I can be I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe it's too much, but maybe I can be in prison. And <laughs> I think meditation makes me free, you know, it's something that yeah. actually now that you're saying this, I think people that don't practice meditation or mindfulness, some people naturally are very positive and accepting and they don't necessarily need these practices straight away. <clears throat> but they do practice it in another way that maybe is more familiar to them um but people that don't do it and they keep pushing themselves and like we spoke earlier they are obsessed to live in a healthy life they are actually a prisoner of their own mind now you said so people you won't get into meditation if you don't sit down and it's not something that you've been told you really need to practice this and also make the time for it do you need to be spiritual to practice meditation um, I would say that not at all. And actually, I, I've honestly, I've never been a spiritual person. I'm very rational. And um, when I experienced all of this myself, is when I started to study quantum physics and neuroscience because I wanted to understand, okay, what's going on with me? Because mm-hmm. I'm feeling crazy things. <laughs> I'm not crazy, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be spiritual. It's it's just observing things. It's not about believing something that you cannot see or something that someone is telling you. You are mm-hmm. just sitting and observing and you start to, of course, after months, and it's not something that you reach in a week, but if you sit and you are patient and you observe, Mm-hmm. like the, the things the truth will come to you and you just 
start to see more clear. You start mm -hmm. to understand things. You start to understand that all these words that we have around us, we have created all of this. I'm not saying it's a lie, but we have created all of this. But the truth, yeah. the inner truth is within us. Mm -hmm. And we don't listen to ourselves because we are too distracted. So it's, it's not spiritual. It's just about listening. I agree. Really nice. Really good points there. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so imagine there's people listening that maybe have never practiced meditation before. Do you have any ideas where they could start or exactly what they could start with? I would say, um, well, first of all, <laughs> this is very important. Find a comfortable sitting position. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is very important because some, some people ask me like, can I meditate lying down? Or <laughs> you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> so it's very important to just sit in any position, but try to, to find one that it doesn't matter how it looks like. So you don't have to, to meditate on your lotus, which is very beautiful, but you are going to last three minutes. You need to find a, a, a comfortable position, like maybe just sitting on a chair. And okay. this is very important because if you move your position, you are not mm -hmm. focusing. Mm -hmm. you, you are thinking, oh, I'm not comfortable. So you need to be very comfortable. And the most important too is just to connect to your breath. Just mm -hmm. listen to your breath, observe your breath. Don't make it deeper. Just observe your breath as it is, not as you want it to be. Exactly. Um, the sensations that you get when the air is coming through your nostrils, the sensations you get when your, your chest is expanding, just observe. Or any mm -hmm. sensation that you can feel in any, any other part of your body. Mm -hmm. um, if at any time your mind is wandering, just accept it, my mind is wandering, and come back to your breath. Mm -hmm. That's the starting point. Absolutely. And would you recommend them to do this alone when just sitting on their chair and breathing? Or maybe listen to a guided meditation? I'm personally, I'm not a very fan of guided meditations. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of types of meditation, saying as the types of music that you can hear in this world, no? But the thing is, like, when you f listen to someone else or when you focus, if I tell you, okay, uh, I'm going to light this candle and you need to stare to the candle. All yeah. these things are external things. It's not mm -hmm. you. It's something external. So at the end, we are not looking for something external. We are looking for something that comes from within us. Exactly. So we need to work on trust ourselves too. Like, okay, I don't need someone to guide me. Mm -hmm. I can't explain you because you need some tips, but I recommend that you do, you can, you can meditate next to someone and it's super powerful when you are in a room full of people and everyone is meditating that you can feel that vibe, mm -hmm. but doing on your own. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to start with, how long would you recommend and how do you keep track of this time? You need to set an alarm. It depends the person, I would recommend between 20 minutes maybe, 
mm-hmm. no more than 40 minutes at the beginning. And like you said, in those 20 minutes, personally, I do practice meditation. I wish I did, would do it more often. Um, I'm not doing it every day, for example. But I would find it hard to do it for 20 minutes. Do you think a shorter period of time is also acceptable? I mean, it's also acceptable, but I, I think it doesn't have to be easy. <laughs> It's not going to be easy. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's acceptable, and I understand that some people they don't have enough time. Or, mm-hmm. but if you have twenty minutes, I recommend that just to observe yourself, to know, okay, what am I doing? What to to find your weaknesses, no? Because maybe um, the the position of your legs is what is bothering you, or maybe are the thoughts or maybe but if you don't sit enough you're never gonna know what is that that is bothering you exactly so yeah, you can meditate five minutes if you want <laughs> <laughs> i'm asking because i'm always saying that guys you don't need half an hour or an hour to do all these practices even if you spend five minutes on yourself each day it can help it can help your uh, quality of life or benefit your quality of life obviously if we do have more time spend it wisely spend your energy in the things that are truly important and not on scrolling on social media or whatever it is that you do when you meditate you start to sleep less because mm-hmm. you have more energy so if you meditate one hour then you can sleep interesting (laughs) all right Um, is there anything else that you think people should know about meditation or mindfulness well I would say that to not be hard on ourselves to Mm -hmm. to interact with ourselves and with the world always from love Mm -hmm. and also to to observe our, our minds and to understand that our mind is sabotaging us all the time. So, yeah, it's observe. It's just about observing and then magic happens. <laughs> the rest will come, you experience. So just to summarize, we spoke about self-esteem and self-confidence, but most of all self-compassion through meditation or mindfulness practices. Like you said, Flo, I think the most important thing is to practice this acceptance. Just understand who you are, most importantly, and then accept who you are. And in the end, you will understand that you're just part of a world of a lot of people, a lot of things, and we're all coming from the same thing. It sounds very (laughs) spiritual, but really it's super basic. Um, if you do want to know more about this, we have a challenge that's in January and we will speak about these things in more detail. If you want to know more about flow, where can we find you and where can we maybe practice with you? Maybe if someone is in Cadiz, uh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, uh, you can find me on Instagram, um, Flow Aloha Yoga. If you want to practice with Flo or if you want to just follow her on social media, we will link her accounts in the description. If you want to know more about Enga, you can go to the website or listen on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Annie. I hope it's been an inspiration to everyone watching.
<laughs> I hope so too. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Annie. I'll see you soon. You listen to Your Yoga in English, brought to you by Enga Unite, a unique online learning platform for non-native English-speaking yogis and yoga teachers. If you feel inspired and like what you learned today, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and follow us at Enga Unite and become a member of our online community, Your Yoga in English on Facebook. Practice, rest, repeat and all will come.